Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Well, we knew yesterday that Brandon Bean would be speaking in Indianapolis today, site of the annual NFL Combine. And when I spoke with Sal Capaccio yesterday, I started by asking him, what might we get out of this today? Like, what is the right question for him? And we talked about Sal brought up free agents and, of course, the beginning of sort of the draft conversation. But, Sal, we got a bit of a stunner here that uh, Leslie Frazier is taking a year off. Um, I, I don't think any of us really saw this coming. What's your take? Yeah, and, and it was announced about an hour before he went to the media. Mm-hmm. So the Bills kind of got ahead of it to let everybody know what was going on. So it wasn't like being announced it to everybody, but you know, I would say good on them to put it out there so that he could answer questions about it You know, and they, then not just do it after that. Uh, my take is I'm not totally surprised that that you know Leslie Frazier is no longer going to be the defensive coordinator. I am surprised at the timing though. I thought if this was going to happen and thought it could happen, it would have been done probably within the first few weeks of the off season. Here we are on February 28th. The hiring cycle around the league is pretty much complete. Most teams have their staffs in place. There's a few tweaks going on here and there including the Bills today. Um so then this news comes down. Uh the other part of it is just the way it's worded. You know, he will not he will, you know, not be a part of the team in 2023. He's going to take a year off. He plans to return to coach in 2024. Does not say with the Buffalo Bills. And Brandon Bean confirmed that they don't know if that will be with the Buffalo Bills. Um, this looks to me like it could be, in some way, shape, or form, a mutual parting of the ways. Although it was said by Bean and McDermott today that Leslie Frazier texted them a week ago, maybe a little over a week ago, to say that, he didn't want to retire, but he wanted to step back. I have, I would have a hard time believing that there wouldn't have been conversations going on well before that, that they would at least be aware that that could be a possibility or even maybe initiating it. Okay, that's a little more than I think I knew about this because I thought I had been saying that Frazier was going to be the defensive coordinator if not for this move. Is that, is that different than what you're saying? Okay, he did. He did, and 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 I'm saying that um, maybe they had talks, and maybe they settled on, hey, you know, if you want to come back, you can come back. Maybe they thought, yeah, yes, you're right, Mike, and I should have taken that into account. So I shouldn't portray it as they were forcing him out in any way. I'm just wondering if talks between both of them ever were going on prior to this, where maybe they were involved with, you know, parting as it was, and at the end of the day, they gave Leslie Frazier time. He decided he wanted to part. He wanted to step down because he did say that. Brandon Bean did say he would have been the defensive coordinator in 2023 if he had come back. Yes, I probably shouldn't have said it the way I said it, but I just think the overall point here is that I doubt the Bills were totally caught by surprise. Here. Okay. 
No, I appreciate the effort you're making on the words here. And I, I was doing the same. Yeah. Because I also thought it might have been notable that, like, so Breen, sorry, Brandon Bean tells the story. Frazier said he wasn't ready to retire, wanted to take a step back. He said the way we left it was he's going to take this yeah. year off. It wasn't that, it sounded like Bean, Bean certainly didn't say Frazier said he wanted to take a year off. Like, it wasn't specific like that. It was more just, okay, well, we got to figure something out here is how it sounded to me. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, um, if if you're right that the Bills have not, we're not blindsided by this and have had thoughts about or conversations about a future without Frazier, you know, that would help anybody who's worried that like, they don't have a guy anymore, <laughs> that they... You know, now they have to go into the market, and they weren't expecting to do that because if they did think this was a possibility, they probably have prepared themselves for that in some way. Well, I think there's circumstantial evidence that points to that anyway, and that's by the fact that Al Holcomb, even though he was officially hired today, had been reported to be hired several weeks ago yep. mm-hmm. with with a title that was basically kind of just senior defensive assistant, right? What does that mean? It can mean anything. You put him anywhere. Senior defensive assistant could do a lot of different things. And we hadn't heard about really any coaching changes other than that. There had been Jim Salgado being fired, and then there was the report that, you know, now we know, too, Adam Henry was hired as a receivers coach, and then we knew Chad Hall was leaving. That was it. There really wasn't anything else. And for that to be something, a a respected NFL veteran coach that had ties with Sean McDermott to come into the organization in that capacity, my radar immediately went up and thought, okay, what does this mean? Does this mean that... We're going to get news that Leslie Frazier is no longer the defensive coordinator. Then as weeks went on, it didn't seem like that was going to happen. Here we are today. That's why I think they've probably set themselves up to at least, you know, know if this is going to happen, we are all set and prepared for this. Plus, I would also think now unless and and you said this earlier, there's always the possibility. We hope Leslie's okay. We hope everybody in his family's okay. There's always a possibility that something unforeseen happened, which he said, hey, I need to step away. That is possible. And then it did kind of come as a surprise to the Bills. Um, so so leaving that out there, I, I would think, though, that Leslie Frazier even would have enough respect for the Bills that he would have been having those conversations with him, with them, to get to this point. I just don't see the way these these organizations and relationships work, that this was something that happened other other than maybe like i said something in his personal life if it was professional and that's all it was about that i would tend to think that both sides knew this was coming for a little while last five years under frazier in yards in the nfl the bills ranked second third 14th first and sixth had a pretty good run sal like it's also one of the longest runs for a coordinator in the history of the bills i don't want to know i don't think i want to say under the radar exactly but you know how it is, like other coaches who are play callers, they're offensive coordinators, you almost don't even know who they are. Like when, who was Gailey's yeah. guy? Curtis Modkins. The Bills, <laughs> yeah, that's right. the Bills had Curtis Modkins as their offensive coordinator under Gailey, but nobody ever said a word about Curtis Modkins. That wasn't exactly how it was <laughs> with Frazier, but it's McDermott's team, it's his defense, that's his side. And so um, I guess one thing from this is we'll see what might be different about a Sean McDermott defense that doesn't have Leslie Frazier running it. You know, it's funny you say that because 
Curtis Modkins, every time I see Todd Monken, I think about him because the name is so close, and he's an offensive coordinator, and he's going to the Ravens. And I think about that sometimes, and that name comes into my head. Uh, so it's funny you mention him. Um, and you're right. And I, I do think it's really fascinating what they're going to do because they could just go the route of what I said. Maybe that's why Al Holcomb is here. In case this were to happen, if this is the way it was trending, they wanted to set themselves up, you have a guy. You also have a guy in Eric Washington on your staff already was a defensive coordinator in Carolina. You also have, um, you know, several other people on staff that you could take a look at if you feel that, you know, they could um, be a guy. John Butler, maybe, who's been with McDermott for a while. They could also go outside the organization still. There's people that I'm sure Sean McDermott would have, you know, relationships with. But unfortunately, even if you wanted a lot of these people, they'd probably already have jobs in other organizations by now. And then you have if McDermott is going to be the play caller. And I wonder if that's going to happen. And... I was actually the biggest, the more stunning like thing that was said today from anyone to me was Brandon Bean saying that that's very much a possibility that Sean McDermott could wind up being the play caller on defense, that he could, he's going to run the defense for now. Then they'll see where they're at. They'll decide what to do. He'll be more heavily involved. And I got the sense he will be more heavily involved no matter who the play caller is, by the way, just by the way they were talking and that maybe he will be the ultimate play caller. So I, I thought that was really interesting. And if that is the case, boy, I'll tell you, I I just did a podcast with Matt Bovey today, and Matt said this, so I want to give him credit. He said he wants to really give McDermott kind of a lot of credit if he's going to do that for saying, I'm going to I'm going to be the guy to put myself under the pressure here. Like, he's, he's already the head coach. We know that, and he's already under enough pressure, and they haven't reached their goals the last couple of years. And the way the last season ended, the way the defense did not perform – in the playoffs, if he's going to insert himself there, then he's doing that and saying, all right, this is on me, win or lose, and I understand that now. Yeah, I'm trying to think through if I would mind for any reason. You know, like one sort of basic basic question would be, does he have room for it, like on a game day? But I don't know. I, I wouldn't assume no. Like, I think more than ever, coaches, and I think McDermott is one of them, are using other people to help them make the other head coachy decisions, you know, uh, fourth downs and timeouts and things like the NFL, you know, I mean, teams have more people assisting in that and coaches have either they've been forced to, or they've chosen to make room for that. And really, you know, as the head coach, what is sort of the, I don't know. I don't want to, I'm not trying to put it down. Like what is the work right. on a game day? So, sure. you know, Andy Reed calls well, plays. I- I had a friend text me today and give that concern and said I already think that he you know, he doesn't have a great doesn't have a great record on replays and he's used questionable timeouts. I don't know if I agree with that as much. I think that I think you know sometimes that can be the case. It can be the case with any coach. I don't have an issue necessarily with overall how Sean uses or doesn't use timeouts. Um, but his point was he doesn't feel his game management is so good that he can afford to take his focus off that just to call the defense. I think that's a legitimate concern if you actually believe the first part of that. Um, but Sean's been a, a coach in this league a long time. He's been a defensive coordinator in the league, successful, went to a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator, and now he's been a head coach for six years. And like you said, he has people. He's surrounded himself with a very good staff that he relies on people to help with a lot of those things. It's interesting. Ron Rivera apparently was asked today about Sean as a play caller on defense because of this. And he used the word aggressive, aggressive play caller. 
which, to be honest with you, Mike, is not the way we know the Bills' defense no, over the last six no. years. They're it's, not aggressive. I, I think, I think, Sal, you know, offense to Rivera, I think coaches sometimes don't have the words, and aggressive is right. a word you would want to say about everybody. Like, the, the next yeah. coach that describes themselves or describes a colleague that they respect as, as conservative... I mean, there's, passive. there's going to be the floor is going to just automatically bottom out yeah. under them and they're going to disappear into the into the abyss because no one would ever do that. <laughs> like aggressive is just, you know, it's like consistent. People use consistent to mean good when it really means just the same. <laughs> so it's one of those words like, of, of course, aggressive. But you're right. Like what 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 is the evidence? What does the evidence say? They're, you know, they're they're there. They're what the bills are mm-hmm. defensively, not not just excellent over the years, but. As relative to other teams, they use the same people, like the same formations, if not the same people. Like they, they are not so variable, or what is the word I actually want the, the football people use? Multiple, multiple. They use it as yeah, like multiple. That's a, right. a thing. Like we're we're multiple on offense, we're multiple on defense. The Bills are really not that, uh, you, you know, know, compared to the league. It's funny too because I think, I I think there's this false narrative um, perception of McDermott in a lot of ways that like he is, he doesn't evolve. And I think that's totally false, but it's really been the involvement in evolvement on the offensive side that we've seen over the years, you know, going from a guy that had a rookie quarterback, well, Tyrod Taylor, and you know, they, they were very conservative and knew they had to win with defense, go to get a rookie quarterback in Josh Allen and really kind of played it close to the vest and then allowed if you want to use the term, maybe to have Brian Dable open up the offense a little more. They come out against the Jets in 2019 and throw 20 straight passes, whatever it was, <laughs> you know, spread offense all over the place. And he's setting records, throwing 400 yards. Like, he has. I think I think Sean McDermott has actually done a very good job of evolving from that side of the, the ball. And even when it comes to the selection of Josh Allen with this organization like taking the swing going after the big quarterback and, and they are they're a pass heavy team they're not we for all this time we talk about oh he's going to lean on the run game they've even done that right I mean they've they've always kind of passed and I think they've evolved really well on that side of the ball can can they get better can they do different things yeah but on defense they really have kind of stayed the same which is interesting and it goes back to Carolina and what he ran there has really been his hallmark running here they have not evolved as much on defense but Sean used that word today he used the word evolve like if you're not evolving it with football you know you're not going to keep up and I wonder if this is a signal that they're going to start doing some different things on defense well they might have to do it whatever they're going to do differently without Edmonds and Poyer and they've already played without Hyde but like that's a massive thing this that, that will be another way of scrutinizing this if those guys are not here and new people are here is like okay i mean i think no offense to the coaches meant at all like no disrespect hyde and poyer is a coach's dream i mean and they've been here since the first day with these guys like just veterans always in the right place the experience the instincts all of it just i mean what a dream for a coach to have these two guys on the field and until this year like constantly Nobody got hurt. Like they were just constantly on the field. This year was choppier with the injuries, and that was a part of it. So if you have, if you replace Edmonds, there isn't really a player exactly like him. Like you, if you replace Edmonds, yeah. that's going to change things a little bit. It's going to force you to. And Poyer would also force you to. You might have to cheat a little bit without a guy that just always knows where the ball is going. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, that'll it'll make it harder. It will help if they do indeed get Micah Hyde back fully healthy. That you know, I mean, I think that was a huge loss for them, and he can obviously really help in the secondary for all those things that you mentioned and what Jordan was able to do with Micah. Obviously, they were to me for my money they were the best tandem in the league overall for the last several years, and they've been together for quite a while now. Um, if you lose Jordan Poyer, of course, that's a really big loss. It would help to have Micah Hyde because without the two of them, they really struggled at times over the top, giving up big plays. And that was another thing. You know, McDermott said today, he spoke with One Bills Live, and he said, you know, that even third and, uh, third and long, like it, it hurt them at times this year. He recognizes that um, and, and knows that. And that, I think that's a good sign that they're looking at, hey, why did that happen? What do we need? Well, Hey, you didn't have Micah Hyde, and yet Jordan Poyer banged up, and he missed a few games. That definitely is part of the reason. There is Demar Hamlin as well, and we do have news on him today that uh, Brandon Bean said that his goal is to play again, and if he can get cleared, he's going to play football. So, you know, we'll see. And then he also mentioned Christian Benford being versatile and maybe being able to play safety next year, which we've talked about. So, I think that's an area and a position that they definitely want to address and look at. Maybe they feel like their best options are internal. Um, whether that is Hamlin again or Christian Benford and getting Micah Hyde back. But you're right, Mike. Like, it's not going to be the same without Jordan Poyer. They're going to have to do some work there. Boy, third and long. I think of two Hayden Hurst catches from the Bengal playoff game. The the second touchdown, it's third and seven, and he's alone in the end zone. It's Poyer and Edmonds who are sort of there. I just I, Coincidentally, it's those two guys. But there, there's that one. And then the one out of the timeout, third quarter, 17-10. Bengals are outside of field goal range, third and ten. The Bills call timeout, and the Bengals hit Hurst alone underneath. Just another mix-up. There were mix-ups that day that Mm -hmm. I really just don't really understand. Sal Capaccio on the West Her hotline. One more thing on this. Um, So the season ends, and teams can go after lower assistance on other teams. If I want your linebackers coach to be my defensive coordinator, I can get that. I think I can interview him and, you know, the team can promote him or they can risk losing him. Is it too late for that? Like, is protocol such that now if the Bills say they did not expect this and they they want to do a search, can they go do that the same way they would have been able a month ago? I think it's probably different now. I think they could still do it right now. I don't know how late you could even – you know, do that. I don't know. Maybe the new, I would say the new league year might count for this. Okay. March 15th. But protocol you know, might that, be different, Sal. Like now teams are mostly yeah. firmed up and could another coach, would, would you maybe expect another head coach to be like, really now? Like we, then we might need another assistant and the dominoes continue from there. No, but I remember, remember a few years ago, the, um, who was it? Carl Dunbar was the Bills defensive line coach. He was doing drills, literally doing drills at the combine as the Bills coach, and then he was fired like a few weeks later. And I'm mm. like, well, what's going on here? So not the same thing what you're saying, but there are coaching changes that do happen still you know, around. And we saw them today with the Bills. I think Washington made some. But you're right, Mike. I, I don't. I, it would be a little bit weird to go calling on a team and saying, hey, we want to go poach this coach off your, your, your staff right now. Um for coaches, it does happen for front office, though, because let's remember, front office, that happens after the draft. The front office people are in place after the draft, and after the draft, that's when you start getting those people moving to other positions because they're getting promotions. So it does seem like it's a little late for that, but maybe we're still in that window before we get to free agency and maybe early March where something like that would still be kind of accepted around the league. 
Right, that was Bean, right? Like, was Bean up in Carolina when the Bills went and got him, or what was his status? Was I don't he, think so. I think he was just a candidate because he was he was an assistant. You know that he had that he was an assistant. He had the relationship with McDermott. Yeah, I mean Joe Shane too, right? Joe Shane. I mean, not sorry. Um, uh, Joe Shane was it maybe was it uh, when did they hire maybe Brian Gain guys like that? Brian Gain was fired. I'm trying to think when they first brought these guys on, like Bean hired guys, and then he brought guys over. You know, and that's generally what happens. After the draft, I mean, the, we all know here in Buffalo, you know, Doug Whaley and Jim Mon- Monis and their staff, they were they finished out that year in 2017. Right. Once they're done, that's their Super Bowl, really. That's when their year ends. And then it's like, OK, we're making changes to the front office staff, because if you make them before that, you're basically allowing all that intel to just walk out your door from everything that they've done on the college season. All right, well, we we did this the whole segment here. I know you wrote on running backs. When the day started, I'm like, yeah. I want to talk to Sal about running backs. It's my favorite position, that or wide receiver, to talk about. We never did it because of this. So, um, you know, I, no regrets or maybe anything. Tomorrow. But maybe tomorrow. But it's on the website. It's on the website, and um, it, there, there's nothing. Um, it's you know, hey, is James Cook ready for a, a lead role? What will will they even try to bring Devin Singletary back? I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. He's probably going to get, uh, you know, a better offer somewhere else to have an opportunity to continue to be like more of a main guy. And I think the big sticking point might be Naeem Hines contract and what you do with that. Is he sticking around? Do you restructure it? Do you release him? What's his role look like? And even if his role is to be the number two guy, can you even afford that at $4.8 million? Man, if they don't say no to that question, Sal, I don't know. Like you might not be where I am on this. That is such an easy cut. That is such an easy cut. They're, they're every reason they're over. Like he didn't, he returned kicks. He did fine at that. It's just, no way. Bean said more touches for James Cook. He averaged 6.4 a game. Damn right more touches for James Cook. It doesn't have to be double that. We'll see. That, that'll that be sort of at the rate where you'd want him, considering where you drafted him. But, yeah, it's going to be more than six, I would hope. Um, if James Cook If James Cook had 11 more carries in it last year, he had 89. If he had 11 more to get to 100... And he maintained what he was doing through those 11 carries on average. He would have been the number one running back in the league in yards per carry. Now, those 11 carries could have brought him down. I understand that. But he averaged 5.69 yards per carry. That would have been number one amongst all running backs in the league if he had qualified for league leader's status, and he needed 11 more carries to do that. Note that Sal said running back because there might have been how many Correct. quarterbacks above that? Four? You want to guess? I know. Hertz, Fields, um, Jackson, Allen, I don't know. Is that it? Uh, I don't think Hertz is on there. It's Jackson, Allen, Fields, and Daniel Jones, four of them. Okay, Daniel Jones. Really hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what? The Sneaks. Oh, yeah, that's Hertz. right. That's a good good point. Yeah, right? Yeah. He probably had yeah. 31-yard runs. <laughs> that didn't help his average. We can talk about that tomorrow, too, by the way. They're addressing that quarterback sneak and pushing and all that. This what week. do you think they'll do? I do not think they'll change it. I don't like it. I wish they'd change it. I, I don't like the play. I know the Bills have benefited from it, but there seems to be too much sentiment to keep it because it's useful and how teams have now basically said not only can we do it and can we do it successfully, but we can now start basically doing other things off that with the formation and what it looks like and expanding it. So it feels like there's not enough momentum to stop it and teams want to keep it going, A lot of, enough teams. I don't like it. I wish they'd get rid of it. I agree with your opinion and with those points, and I might also add it's not, not that the league would 
notice this or care, but for me, it's like, okay, there's going to be one more rule. Football doesn't have enough rules. Right. Now we got one more yeah. thing we got to watch for. Did he actually, did Goddard actually push Hertz? Did Knox actually touch Allen's butt pushing him forward? Or no, he actually <laughs> right. didn't. That should have counted. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. No. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll live with the sneaks. I'll live with the rugby malls if I have to. I just don't want any more rules, please. Thank you, Sal. You got it. Sal Capaccio, coverage of the Combine, which I sort of that was a little bit. I think the word Combine was said. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor, your place to buy a case. Outlet Liquor and OutletLiquor.com. Time out here for the update. Real quick first, and I know I'm already late, Columbus at Buffalo tonight, Blue Jackets, Sabres. Elvis Merzlikens is expected to be Columbus's goalie, but they, they are benching their other goalie for the old or the new trade-related reasons. So Corpusalo is their other goalie. He will not dress. They've called up a guy, Jet Graves, to presumably back up Merzlikens, and it's likely Anderson for the Sabres. Mike Shope here, Bulldog is off. Give me a call, 803-0550. This is WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.